welcome you on into another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. It's Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bally here to give you the latest of what's going on in the sporting world. Mitch, it's good to be back with you, man. How'd you enjoy your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving itself was good. The weekend after that, Mitch, not a good weekend. What One of the weaker weekends in Ohio sports that we've had in quite a while, which is funny because the last two weeks we've had uh, pretty successful runs with our respective teams, which we'll get into later on in the show, and that you guys will be listening to here throughout the rest of the episode. Thank you so much for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or uh, well, it's, it used to be Anchor, now it's Spotify for podcasters. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. Uh, you can also find us on BigTimeSportsOhio.com, at Mitch Spinell, at Mitchell Bala, pretty much everywhere else. So, Mitch, we start off here talking about the news. Uh, well, for the the games, first of all, that are coming up here in Canton for the state football finals this weekend, which I will be at, and I'm sure you'll be there as well. Uh, but this story that came out yesterday was announced by the OHSA. I want to get this real quick. The OHSA announced a partnership with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, to keep the finals uh, remaining in uh, that stadium until 2026. I mean, I'm sure it's nice for you to have the state football finals in your backyard, essentially. And it's been here for a while now. Sands the one pandemic year where they had to move everything originally from Fort Zobitz to uh, Maslin. Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, having all the games here in Canton is pretty special because it's at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, because it's the birthplace of football. I think that holds more value. It's always cool to play at Ohio Stadium. I would have to assume I never, you know, played at Ohio Stadium. Uh, but, you know, Ohio State is the most well-known football team in the state of Ohio, the best football team in the state of Ohio. And so being able to play where that team plays has to be cool. I think, though, when you look at it, and no, this isn't a homer take because another start counting team is in it yet again, but you're never going to get a high school football game, Mitch, that's going to sell out the horseshoe in Columbus. Meanwhile, here at Tom Benson, this place may not be sold out, but it looks full. And if you take the crowd that has a full Tom Benson and put them in the horseshoe, it looks like nobody's there. And so from an appealing aspect, I think it's just so much cooler to see a packed stadium. And NFL-sized stadium, let's be honest, I know it's not the size of actual stadiums where teams sure. play games, but it is equipped to hold a lot of fans. There's been the talks of if there's ever a time where a team needs a place to relocate to play for a game, maybe it's here. I don't know about that because it only holds so many thousand people compared to NFL stadiums. But in the totality of things, birthplace of football, how cool is it to be able to end your season there with a state championship? You're playing in what is more than likely a packed stadium. I know it's not geographically the best spot where Columbus is, but at the same time, if you're playing in the state championship, I don't think the the spot is really going to bother you because at the end of the day, there's only two teams in your division playing for a state championship, and you're one of those teams. I, if you said I had to drive to the farthest point in Ohio to play for a state championship, I'm pretty sure almost anybody would. Uh, so I think it's great for the city of Canton. Uh, also, just outside the football aspect of, of being able to generate more revenue around the city, uh, both inside Tom Benson Hall Fame Stadium as guests and visitors, but also just the businesses, the restaurants, the stores, the shops in Canton, Ohio, that will be get hit, be getting hit hard for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday during the state championships. Yeah, especially with the new commerce that's being built around the Hall of Fame over the last uh, year, a couple of years now uh, for the area. So be sure to look out for us uh, starting on Thursday night when we have the first matchup of the state championships. It's a three-day week 
uh, of games. I mean, we've we've had all Friday night games this year, the first time they've done it this, so in this uh, uh, structure. But Thursday night, be the first game, and it's the game we're focusing in on here at Big Time Sports because it's the one area team that's left, Maslin, Washington against Akron Archbishop Holwyn. Again, these two teams meeting it up here in the state finals. And this is very unlike, Mitch, what I think we've come to expect from this particular rivalry in the playoffs over the last decade or so. This is a time where Maslin really has an upper hand and they have a considerable one after what they were able to do this past weekend against Cincinnati Anderson and the way in which Hoban played their matchup against Avon. Yeah. You start with Maslin. <clears throat> What's crazy though about all this is the fact that I feel like we started talking about this maybe weeks three, four, five of the high school football season. And as the season continued to progress, it was almost like we're on a collision course to see Maslin versus Hoban yet again. This is going to be the fifth time these two teams have met in the playoffs over the past six years. Hoban winning three of the previous four. Two of those meetings were in this exact same game, the Division II state championship. Last year, Hoban beat Maslin in the state semifinal game. Uh, 40, 20, up at InfoCision Stadium in Akron uh, on the campus. Other way would you want this to go right now if you want the best football teams playing other than these two teams meeting up, they're very close to each other. They have the shortest drives at any of the schools amongst any of the divisions playing in the state championships. So, you know, Benson, Tom Benson Hall of Fame stadium is going to be packed Thursday night for the marquee matchup. It's the only game on Thursday, the standalone game, but you're right. For some reason, a lot of talk has been, this is Masson's best shot. And it all starts with the one Owens, the quarterback. If you are not a believer in DeWan Owens or you just haven't seen him play yet, it was evident this past week in their state semifinal game. Uh, the first play, him taking it all the way to the house. I mean, even last week against Green in the regional final, the first play, he went for a big run. This player is so dynamic. He is one of the fastest quarterbacks I've been I've seen in recent memory. So he has that breakaway speed. He still can throw the ball. Maslin has weapons all over the field. He has a gigantic offensive line in front of him to protect him. We saw what happened when Maslin played green and green two years ago beating Maslin. And Mitch, well, no, because Hoban didn't play green. But, you know, if things shake out differently, we're, we're possibly talking about six straight years. Those two teams meet in the final four or better. But Maslin came out and took it to green. And you have to imagine they're going to have some sense of revenge in this game. Yet I still feel like Masson has all the pressure. But when you look at the track, it's went. Masson's handled everybody easily. I mean, really, their closest game was this last game they just won only in the first quarter because it was seven to seven after what, two, three plays, then 14 to seven after a kickoff return. And after that, Masson ran away with it. Where Hoban, had to win a different way. Outside of two, three games this year, Mitch, and one of them being a loss to St. Ed's, who's the number one team in the state of Ohio, who's going for a three-peat this weekend in Canton, Ohio. They've been able to score pretty much however they want. The other game, really, was against Cleveland Glenville, who, oh, by the way, they're back in Canton this year going for a repeat in the Division Four state championship. 
they've been able to score and do whatever they want. But this past game, the state semifinal game against Avon, they had to lean on the defense and the defense came through. And for Hoban, that has to be huge, a huge vote of confidence for that team, knowing that the one time they had to rely on them, it didn't work out that well. They were also going against the top team in the state of Ohio overall. I mean, not just in divisions. I think St. Ed's would probably beat anybody in the state of Ohio with how they're playing right now. I think Hoban has to actually have some confidence after that close win over Avon this past week because they were kind of in unfamiliar territory. And the only time it was familiar this year was in a loss. And this time they come out on top, they're back to the state championship game. This game Thursday has all the makings of an instant classic because these two schools don't like each other. These two schools are very, very talented at football. And Hoban wants to add more to their trophy case. And Masson's looking to finally put an actual physical trophy in the trophy case from winning the state championship game and not a poll. No, I mean, with the way that Hoban's defense is able to hold on against Avon, definitely gives them an amount of confidence going into the matchup. But you have to take on a team now that had a Cincinnati Anderson squad that was averaging 40 points a game yeah. going into last Friday, and you beat him 55-7. to seven. That's the yeah. sort of thing where I'm looking at it like, okay, Masson's got the offense down. They've got the defense down this game. They're going up against a team that last time they played against each other in a situation like this, they lost in their back yard in their own stadium that 2020 season i know that coach moore is going to be drilling that message into the kids throughout the week the week there's no way they can let this slip by again because this is the best team that maslin's probably had yeah. in a long time if not ever in yeah. the at least in the ohsaa playoff era so i i think this is like and we'll get to another game that might have had more implications uh, than we than we anticipated. But this is a game that it, that's this is the one that if Maslin gets it, it puts them on the map. It gets them that football championship in the playoff era that they've been yearning for for decades. It'll be the first time a Maslin school has won a state football title. Jackson won their basketball titles. I know that. Um, but yeah, this I I feel like Maslin's got all not the edge the entire edge right now. We'll go on to this later on in the week. But they have every incentive to get this job done compared to Hoban, who is going to be competitive no, no matter what. They're not, they're not yeah. going to go into this timid, but they won it in, in what here? 2020. They won it in 2018. They won it in 2017. They've been here before, at least this. this like, I don't know if this class, particular class has for uh, this Hoban football squad well, be their first well, last year. 20. So okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year they, made they, the they lost. Last year, yes, that's what yeah, I meant. That's lost. what I meant. They, 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 they've been here before. It's, it's the, it's more so. Are they going to be able to handle this ju potential juggernaut coming in that is the Tigers? And I'm glad you mentioned Masson's defense because as much praise, and you know, I'm probably one of the most guilty of it at anybody. As amazing as the one Owens is, and look, I was probably prisoner of the moment. I was there the first game of the year against Valdosta State where Massa made the change at half, and Owens offensively single-handedly brought them back in that game to beat Valdosta. The Massa defense still is not getting talked about enough. Not only is this Massa's probably most complete team in recent memory, Mitch, this is probably the best overall defensive unit they have had in quite a long time. So when you make the, the claim this could be their most complete team, I don't think that's far-fetched at all. I think it's actually closer to being a fact than it is fiction. This is Maslin's best shot in recent memory to win a state championship. 
The other thing that I worry about, keep in mind, DeWan Owens was not here the past few years, right? He does not have all this, if it's a close game, where's the head going? Because he's just out here playing football. This is a guy that's playing football at an extremely high level that is starting to get college looks at a, at a high level. He already had looks. You just wonder, though, with how these how these games have gone, Maslin has not been in a tight contest since the St. Ed's win nope. in midseason. Hoban, meanwhile, is coming from a tightly contested contest. If this game is tight, is it at all possible where doubt creeps into Maslin players' minds knowing the past against this team? And that's what I think the biggest thing has to be. But if Maslin comes out and they score quick, not talking first play quick like Owens did last week at Historic Crew Stadium in Columbus, but if they take that first drive and go down and score, whether they're down 7-0, 3-0, or they get the ball first, that place is going to be so electric in terms of the atmosphere with the Masson crowd coming. They are the home team because they're the number one team in the state of Ohio, I do believe. I do believe in terms of them being the home team. I know that the number one team in the state of Ohio for Division Two. They should have the bigger side, obviously get a little more allotted tickets. But, Mitch, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Anybody that has no plans Thursday night that likes high-level high school football, you need to go because this is going to be potentially the best overall game in what I'm going to call this rivalry that really is only shaping up every year in the final four state championship game. I believe it was, yeah, Central Catholic last year and Hoban that played in that first matchup in Division Two. that really was yeah. like the, 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 the kickstarter for that entire weekend. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see uh, which ma- other matchups we will have here in this tournament that could potentially match up just as well as Masson and Hoban. We have Kirtland versus Versailles. Kirtland, by the way, beat Garraway out of the playoffs. A great run by the Pirates team falling short. It was scoreless at halftime on Friday night. But uh, Kirtland ended up edging uh, the Pirates. Got an interception early in the or, uh, turnover early in the second half. Got a touchdown. Went from there. I mean, that Garraway team fought hard throughout the season. First IVC team to yeah. make it to the Final Four since Mount Malvern back in 2008. Uh, Toledo Central Catholic is in Division Three now. They will play uh, Bishop Watterson Friday, uh, and then Springfield will play St. Ed's as we mentioned in the night capper. Uh, Maria, that's a, that's Stein, a rematch. Marian, yeah, that's a good one too. Maria Stein, Marion local again, making it in Division. Uh, seven, making sure I got my Roman numerals right against Doughton. Doughton's just on a roll, but that's that's a yeah. that's a juggernaut you have to take on in, in local Perry. The Pirates will take on Liberty Center in Division Five, and then the last game, Glenville will play Kettering Arch- Archbishop Walter because Glenville, we had it on big time sports on Friday night, took it to Canton South, and as good as Canton South's been all season, as good as Pucci Snyder's been all season, this was the first game where their offense looked out of sorts. We were on the call yeah. for that game, myself and Coach Jim Morris. Um, yeah, I mean, the rushing attack for Glenville was like the Bookdale matchup was like what, what the Struthers matchup could have been if they had made some, put some plays together, put some drives together. Deshante Jones, everything advertised, had a trio of touchdowns, a couple big runs. Uh, Tomlinson had a couple of good plays there, mainly on the ground. They didn't throw as much. They threw more than I expected, but. Still not like as balanced an offense as you would maybe anticipate. They're just a tough team. I mean, those kids were out in the it was like twenty some degrees uh, pregame two hours before kickoff, and they're just out there bare chesting it and just like ready to go. And I knew right then and there, like, oh, this is going to be a problem tonight. And they just took it to them. So 
Yeah, well, great. I mean, great season for the Wildcats. Otherwise, just that's a tough team to go. That's the defending state champions. Exactly. It's the defending state champions, but who return a lot of the players from last year's state championship team. It's not like this is a team that had a bunch of turnover and they just are, are putting guys in there that are hungry. You're putting guys in there that are hungry to not only defend their state championship, but defend the school's first ever state championship and come home with the second one. You're also talking about a number of athletes across the field that are division one recruits and division one commits. I mean, you didn't even mention uh, Demario Witten, the tight end committed to Ohio state. He had a nice snag uh, in the end zone for Glenville. And it's hard to get to this point for Canton South, the farthest a Canton South football school has ever, or Canton South football program has ever gotten is incredible the, the run the wildcats went on was uh, remarkable poochie snyder it's crazy and i hate saying this because i feel like we said it three four years ago with cam blair sandy valley but the numbers he put up and then broke cam blair's record it's hard to believe we're going to see that record now fall here anytime in the near future to be able to put up those numbers first off to start as a freshman in high school and be as, as successful as poochie is one thing you're going to have to put up some incredible numbers to break that record. And I think that record's going to stand for a while, but what a, a, a tremendous career for Pucci. All their other seniors for Canton South and Canton South is still going to return some players next year, Mitch. And this is not right. a team. The biggest question is going to be who's playing quarterback. And that's the fair question because that's the most important position of football, but they return enough players to where if they get the right guy in there that, to feel comfortable, this is a team that I think is still going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. Are they going to go perfect? Are they going to get back to the spot? I don't know. Nobody knows. I, I just don't – I feel like people are like, oh, Canton South had this great year. All right, well, that, it's done and over with. Like, no. Sometimes when you get this far, it takes your program to another level. And I would not be shocked if that does this to Canton South now. I really wouldn't. I think this is a team now that if their heads are on the right way and they have the right mindset and they take that loss the right way, they can build off this. Next thing you know, Canton South might be a team that you don't want to play – the next few years, regardless of who is at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and, and I hope people go back to the replay we're going to have, I think, up here today. The Snyder touchdown run that he had in the second half of that contest, unlike anything we've seen so far this season, yeah. because he looked like as if he was going to get sacked, rolled over the defender, and then kind of scampered forward a little bit, stopped, because I think everybody thought the play was dead, including him and including us there in the broadcast booth. And then you could hear the people on the sideline go run, run. And he took off and ran for the, the touchdown. So that was one of my favorite plays we've done on a broadcast this season, but yeah, three interceptions for him. We had, we, he, I think he had three going into the season, going into that game. Uh, but yeah, just, just an unfortunate way for the wildcat season to end. Hey, Stark County. It's your friends from the local board of mental health and addiction recovery. And we have a challenge for you. We're asking you to create a new habit and check in on someone every day. Nothing fancy, just a simple text, phone call, or note on social media to ask someone how they're doing. You don't have to be a professional. You just have to ask and then listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Text 4HOPE to 741-741 anytime, day or night, or dial 988. Brought to you by Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like Nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. 
Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Think Ferris. Where you matter. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Ride into the future to win great prizes. Can you see into the Sarda crystal ball? Guess how we'll be innovating and adding new services to make your Sarda experience better than ever. Try your luck with the What's Next at Sarda contest at sardanext.com. One grand prize winner will win free bus rides for six months. Runners-up will win great Sarda merchandise like a Bluetooth speaker water bottle, backpack, and tumbler. And don't worry, they're all multiple choice questions. All part of Sarda 2.5. Happy Sardiversary! And with that, all right, let's let's take let's take a scour through the uh, the buffet of pain and misery that we had here in the sports weekend. I'm I'm going to I'm going to keep it lighter here. I'm not going to say that, you know, we're on a downfall or anything, but I want you to pick which topic we got to get to first, because I know you're going to have some thoughts behind uh, both of these stories. Let's just keep it in chronological order and go with the game that happened first this weekend. Let's do it. Uh, so Saturday was the big rivalry game. Obviously, did not go Ohio State's way. It was a matchup that, going back to implications, I think that was the one, Mitch, that if you'd have beaten Michigan and gotten into the playoff, because we know whoever's going to beat this team is what I said last week. Whoever's going to win this uh, this game is going to go to the Big Ten Championship against Iowa. They're going to piss away the entire first half, and then they're going to get their act together in the second half and completely dominate to get into an easy playoff position. That team will be the Michigan Wolverines after uh, they got their third straight victory. I think this one was where you could have really done damage to that program, considering the the controversy, considering the scandal where you had. I think you might have had a legitimate excuse of like, oh, Michigan cheated the last two years, so they had had one over on you. And then they they beat you without. And I know some people are like, they beat you without their head coach even on the sideline. He was there at practice all week. He's he's there 95% of the time. The 5% is important, though. So that probably another loss season for Ohio State. It's ironic that this loss was not as bad as last year, and I think this team could have been even more competitive than the previous year, maybe. But it's going to be harder to get in the playoff this year with so many other teams top-loading the the final spots. We know Georgia's probably – well, I think – we'll get to that whole freaking game in a second. 
Uh, we know the Pac-12 winners in. We know that um, Florida State might be in, probably will be in, because I don't know what's going to happen there. Cardell Jones, I get it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I was going to stop you before you moved on. For all the people out here saying you can't put a bat. We literally got put in with a third string quarterback and won the whole thing. Yeah. If you continue to win your football games and you go perfect, I know you can't hold a team hostage for an injury. But because if that's the case, Ohio State would have never got into 14. We never win the national. I know, I know. I I know. I already thought that um well granted, you know, here's because here's the thing too. Louisville, I don't think has a chance at sneaking into the playoff Wisconsin that year if they'd have won that game convincingly you could have made the argument that they could have done something but nevertheless going back to the game a lot of people frustrated a lot of people upset a lot of people are being like what's the answer here because now it does kind of feel like you're at a loss of identity now where I hate to say it but you are a little bit of a second fiddle right now to Michigan I mean you kind of have been for the last two seasons now but I'm not at a point where I'm like, we need to blow up the entire system. I know where you're at. I know what you're going to get to here. But I, I think we have become pretty accustomed to a level of success. And because of that, sometimes if the success keeps going, but it doesn't result into the full picture, it can start to feel cheap. Yeah, you're going. You're winning nine, 10, 11, 12 games in the regular season. Great. Are you winning the Big Ten championship? Are you getting into the playoff every single year on a guarantee? Are you winning those playoff games? And more importantly, are you beating your rival? Which I, we'll get to that uh, importance in a second. I think Ryan Day can be a very, very good coach. I think he's a good man. I think he is somebody that I when when Urban left and we had him take over because he won those couple of games and Urban was suspended. I said, all right, yeah, this is our guy. He can be a guy, but I don't know if it's consistent. He's consistently the guy. It's just, it's one of those things where, and it sucks to say that it may be more comparable to Cooper than it is to, uh, to Trestle and urban. And I, and I don't want to, I don't want to say that because I don't want to go through what my parents experienced in the nineties, where every team with NFL caliber talent kept getting let down by that rivalry game. So I don't know. It's just this sort of, yeah, I don't really know where to go from here. This is exactly Cooper all over again. In fact, they have identical records to the same amount of games played. They have the same record against Michigan in the first four games against Michigan. Now, listen, that was four years for Cooper, five years for day, because Michigan did duck Ohio State in 2020. Uh, and I'm never going to live that like let that one slip through. You have to make a change. You have to. Do you? It, it, you have to. And anybody out there that's really worried about letting Ryan Day go, what's he won? What's he won since he's been the head coach? Of a lot Ohio of games. State? All but seven lot, of his games. A lot of games. When you're the head coach at Ohio State, what are your first two goals? Be Michigan and win the championship. How many times has he done that? Once. It's it's as simple as that. I don't value the wins over Northwestern and the wins over Rutgers and the win, wins over Maryland if we're not beating Michigan and winning the Big Ten. Okay? Your one win – yes, your one win in the college football playoff, I'm not going to take away from him. But 
I'm also holding the results of the year before that against Clemson as another reason why they won. And Dabo Sweeney giving bulletin board material, calling Ohio State the 11th best team in the country. Like, to me, that holds weight. To call that our national championship that year, fair or foul, whatever. Justin Fields got hurt also then against Bama. That Bama team was going to be insane to stop. Last year, you're one play away from beating Georgia. Two plays. I mean, the Marvin Harrison Jr. hit were knocked him out of the game. Right, and right. Missed field goal by Noah Ruggles, whatever. Because there's two things to this, both. One, it, it pains me because now, as much as I dislike him, it seems like Jim Harbaugh's comments from a year ago are starting to become more and more relevant. Of He was born on third base, but he thought he had a triple. Because when he took over that team for Urban Meyer, he had a lot of Urban's recruits. Now, Ryan Day recruits well. Like, yeah. We're top five every year. There's no doubt about that. But what Urban Meyer and Jim Trestle did, they were both Ohio guys. They both understood the rivalry. They both had some flesh in the game, but they recruited Ohio players who this meant something to them. Mitch, when you get here, yes, it means something to you, but recruiting a guy in Texas that has no love growing up in this rivalry where you have other guys who have grown up to hate the other school and then you play in it, I think holds a lot of value. You see it from C. Grant. You see it from Reese Claret. You see it from all these yeah. four Buckeyes that were tweeting this past weekend that are very upset because it's not the fact they lost. It's how they've lost. They've been blown out in two of the past three. And then this weekend, Ryan Day, who's this offensive genius, who has put up a lot of points at Ohio State, got conservative. And I felt like he got conservative. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, no, the, the field goal in the second half, just it was one of those things. Uh, the Some plays towards the second half, it was weird. Yeah, I don't see how this is going to change. You have all these great recruits coming in still. The quarterback, I think, is this the lowest quarterback play we've had in terms of our standards at Ohio State in years? Yes, there's no doubt about Probably, that. Probably, yeah. Aaron Olin comes in next year, but he's a freshman, so how good is he going to be as a four- or five-star recruit, depending on what site you look at? There is the Cameron Ward news where apparently he got like $10 million offers to come to the transfer portal, and Ohio State was one of them. Yeah. It's very interesting. The other thing you have to keep in mind, Mitch, Gene Smith is done. Yes. Ohio State is the athletic director. Yep. There is Same another one. athletic director coming in. Now, this for me is all speculation. Looking at how things are lin- lining up, though, Jim Trestle resigning out of nowhere at his position at Youngstown State as the president. Yeah. Is it possible he comes in? But either way, whoever the next AD is, this is the same thing as the NFL and general managers, right? ADs are going to come in. Okay, so if there is somebody they bring in, I just am hoping it's Jim Trestle for the sake of this because he was still the whole memorabilia scandal irks me and how he lost his job and everything. If a new AD comes in and wants to go get somebody else, there's a chance it happens. And everybody else out there say, who are you going to get? Exactly. Who are you going to get right now to get better? You don't think there's a coach? You don't think there's a coach out there that can do just what Ryan Day has done? 
you're not going to get one of the top power coaches in Saban or uh, uh, no. I, I don't know if I want that. No, no, no. I, I know, but I'm saying right now there is not there's not a crop of these guys that are popping up and being like this man. If we pop him into the system right now, it's going to be a world like a ways away better, and you can fall into the same trap that Michigan did during the end of the Trestle run into the beginning of the Urban run, where they kept swapping coaches because they thought this guy would be the difference maker. Rich Rodriguez, Brady Hoke, and then even Harbaugh for the first seven years. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do this team. Well, the first game against that's... Ryan Day, I swear to you, if they if Ryan Day had beat him the second time, he would never not have come back to Michigan. I know he would not have because I, they I... thought they cannot beat this program. And I agree. And then when you look at it, the second time would have been 2020. So whether it was a viable cancellation or not, yeah, doesn't matter. But then after that, the scandal starts. So to your whole point, the last two years could have been vindicated with a win this past right. weekend. Yeah. Because you could have said, Look, we lost because there's proof they were cheating. They had everything against us. Yeah. And then you go up here and you lose to an interim head coach, which, by the way, if this all comes out and they fire Harbaugh or Harbaugh gets a ban or Harbaugh goes to the NFL, Michigan's going to keep more. You do that. Uh, who already has as many top 10 wins this year uh, as Ryan yeah, David the this Penn year State. I'm games. not giving him the Penn and State. Then, I'm not doing that. But. Ryan Day has one saving grace. If this was the 2024 year, doesn't matter. You're in the playoffs. You yep. right? You're in the playoffs yep. still. But if you're in the playoffs still, but you don't win it, what's the difference? Uh, right? like, well, like, I mean, like, you still have a shot. I mean, it's it's going to be much. It's you have a shot. Coach, all all coaches are going to have more of a cushion now because of this expanded playoff coming up. Now, the the Big Ten expansion could be interesting because with these new teams coming in, this very offensive minded Pac twelve crop that could be that could be hard. That could be very hard for a Big Ten team to to overcome. And and like we're going to see with Michigan, a run based offense next year. I don't know if Blake Corm's coming back to school next year, but. That that's how many years? How many years does this guy have? I don't know. It's it's nine. Is JJ, is JJ McCarthy done, or is he back next year for his ninth year? I don't. He might go to another tran on the transfer portal. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I listen. I think twenty twenty four will be the final year across all sports where the COVID year can still be a factor. But it just like some of these guys, I feel like have been here forever. I'm just I'm out because have I been spoiled as an Ohio State fan, especially beating Michigan as much as we did? Absolutely. Yeah, I I'm against the whole thing. Well, it's a rivalry. It's good for the rivalry. Right, right. I, I don't want it. To, I don't want it to turn completely the other way, though. That's a thing. No, no, no. That's the thing. Like I, it's a rivalry. Okay, it's back to being a rivalry. Yeah, but it was still rivalry those seven years. Urban Meyer and Ohio State kicked the crap out of Michigan. Whether the score doesn't some games, matter. Some games were close. I was reminded yeah, of the 2015 game, 42-41. Yeah, I just I I can't take losing to that team, especially yeah. when you have We're not more used to talent it. all around. Yeah, and if there's one person who looked smart this weekend, it was Lou Holtz. Uh, no, gosh, no. I mean, what? Who, what I'm not, I don't think he, I don't think he's sitting there feeling vindicated for. But what team comments. was more physical this weekend? Michigan was, and Roman Wilson confirmed that in his presser, yeah. which I which was frustrating to to listen to. Um, but again, what does he what does he bring? I'm not I'm not going to say that. No, he he had, yeah the plays he made in that game. I don't remember his name being said a whole lot. Blake's, you remember of, Blake's name? 
You remember some of JJ's plays for sure. And the defense did what it had to do with a pair of interceptions, especially the one at the end, uh, which again, wasn't necessarily McCord's fault because he got hit because the left tackle. Just I will, I will give him that one hundred percent. I know. I, as I know. Much as I'm I know. We, we know. The we know first McCord's, one though. McCord's probably going to be working for the big 10 network here in about four years, which I mean, if he wants to get into that, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, just, yeah. Just, job. Do, do you, do you secretly try to give Brian Hartline some play calling here in the bowl game? I saw someone say that earlier uh, today and Ryan day. I mean, it's, uh, it's the same thing with another coach we're going to get to. He's very adamant on being the play caller, but I don't know. It might be, it might be interesting to be a little more aggressive. I think we're trying to make a guy who's not aggressive, aggressive. We've been trying to do that since the Fiesta bowl three years ago. Yeah. But I feel like there's been times where he's the offense has been aggressive. Mm -hmm. No, granted it's been against some bad teams, but it's like, why are you pulling that out against those bad teams and not saving it for the game like this, where you went super conservative? I just, I, I, I think Brian Hartline is one of the three names that you have to think about if they get rid of day, who could be the next coach. They're not, not going to get rid of him. The only, the only, the only out they had was Texas A&M and they, and they filled that position already. So we, it's not going to be a case of will Ohio state or will Ryan day leave. He's not going to get this massive contract from anywhere else. It's more so if Ohio uh, State thinks he's not the guy, and I don't want them to, to to feel like they have to panic in order to keep this level of success going. I wouldn't be shocked if he would leave for the NFL. Keep in NFL. mind that's where he started. He was an NFL person, NFL coordinator before he was a part of the staff that was fired, and then latched on with Urban Meyer here at Ohio State. Um, I I do think that it's somewhere in Day's head to eventually get back to the NFL. I think when you look at a guy that was there and then down, and now he's been successful in terms of the win-loss record, eventually you probably want to get back to that level. Um, I think that could be the other thing too. As much as people are talking about hardball, like if if there's these punishments and everything, would he leave for the NFL? I think I, I can see Ryan Day leaving for the NFL. I said that now for a few years. I think eventually he goes back to the NFL. The two teams that he uh, was a quarterbacks coach under Philadelphia and San Francisco are not going to be looking for head coaches this off season, but you know, there are, there are some jobs that will be opening up by season's end. I even heard Adam Schefter say that there could be potentially as far as seven, eight, nine, ten head coaching positions being filled this off season, which with the way that it's going, we'll to get to that in a second. Five auto sales located on West high Avenue in new Philadelphia and Cleveland Avenue in Canton is a used car dealership committed to getting financing for everyone. We give every customer that walks in our showrooms a prime buying experience, no matter their credit score or financial situation. Current inventory can be viewed at www.wefinancenow.com. Check out our Facebook pages for the most up-to-date information about upcoming events and promotions happening at Vive Auto Sales. Are you trying to increase your speed, quickness, vertical leap, and agility? If so, NST Sports Performance is for you. NST trains athletes ages 5 through pro. NST designs each program specific to the athlete's needs, goals, and sports. For more, visit nstsports.com. Locations in North Canton and New Philadelphia. It's nstsports.com. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. 
The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder, a simple text, call, or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. One coach that I'm confident will not be uh, on the chopping block if, 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 the team beat rebounds from this past weekend is Kevin Stefanski. I know you're gonna you're gonna hate you're gonna hate me for saying that, but the Broncos game this was not their worst loss of the season. That was Pittsburgh. This was their worst effort of the season. I will give them that. The mistakes you were making in penalties, some of the poor choices you were making, especially in the second half, and then seeing the results of what happened to some of your players, it, it's put Browns fans back in the pan again. Again, I'm not there right now. Like, hey, you had a bad loss, but. Go to Los Angeles. Everyone's saying, oh, you're going to take on a Rams team that's, that's on a roll right now. You beat the Cardinals. You know who beat the Cardinals? The Browns. You know who didn't beat the Cardinals? The Dallas Cowboys. I gave you one right there. So, I, I, I'm i not sold on that. But, this offense is in, a, is in a question mark right now. It has a question mark on it right now because DTR, I think the run that he had in the second quarter was what hurt the, ended up hurting them in the long run. And I know you're going to think it's weird because, yes, he looked more comfortable in this game, especially in the last two that he was in. He had a couple of plays in there where he looked like he was able to get out and make some good throws downfield. But because of that, and because you get down 14 to nothing when you're trying to really work your way back into the game, there, I don't know. Because I've been hearing this whole thing about how Browns fans are so frustrated with the play calling and that they don't think they run enough. First of all, we're on our third and second and third string running backs right now, so we don't have the most to work with in terms of a rushing offense. But because of that, it 
makes fans believe like, oh, all we're doing is throwing. All we're doing is throwing. All we're doing is throwing. If you look at some of the numbers, the Browns actually don't uh, like aren't as pass heavy as some of these other teams in the league, mainly because they don't have their number one quarterback or to some people, a number one quarterback. So when I look at that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, it can be, I can see where you're getting at, but then the play that DTR got hurt on, which I think was more on DTR not getting the ball out of his hand quick enough and the and the clearly late hit that should have been penalized and thank you yes. it was. Uh, so then that brings in Walker, who has to try and work his way back, and of course the first play ends up being the disaster that uh, Denver got to expand the game. And then Miles My- Garrett, your top defender, comes out in a sling. I've never I've worked in the radio station for the last four years. We've never had a situation where it's just been coach and no players come up to the podium. Now, granted, Walker and Garrett spoke in the locker room at the end of the at, after the game, but it was like they're kind of like probably, you know, scrambling to get all these guys together to make sure that they didn't get fined by the league. So, yeah, that's that was a tough that was a tough punch in the mouth, I guess, is what I'm kind of summing this up as. Well, we'll start positive here. It seems like Miles is OK. Yeah. Same with DTR. From Rappaport, yeah, DTR just in concussion protocol. Um, but it seems like Garrett's just day to day. The X-rays came back negative. Right. I believe uh, I believe I saw they were negative on Amari Cooper as well, which is also that's a, good, a, yeah, a, a good thing because you can't afford to lose him in an already pretty weak passing game. You mentioned Ryan Day being stuck in his way. I think Kevin Stefanski's done a very nice job as head coach of this team this year. I agree. I cannot stand him calling plays. It's it's if there was he he right now if the Browns win their win three of their last what we played eleven play seventeen this year, yeah. If they win three of their last six, with how the AFC is shaping up right now, you have the head to head over the Colts, the Bills. Oh my gosh, the Bills. That's that's another story later. And wins, you're going to have a good chance. 11, you're in, I think, in the AFC for a wild card spot. It's hard to think and now start to look at this schedule where you can find three more wins for sure. You play Denver, who they're playing their best football this season right now. That 70-point game, the Miami Dolphins hunted them, looking back at it, it may have been the best thing that ever happened to Denver. Yeah. Because since then they have completely turned turned the corner. Mm-hmm. My issue is when DTR was the starting quarterback, named the starting quarterback an hour, two hours before the game against Baltimore. Our biggest gripe was Kevin Stefanski didn't do anything to set him up for success. Didn't change the game plan. He went with Watson's game plan for the most part. Threw the ball a lot. You now have a quarterback making his second career start, his first road start, in a tough place to play against the team with the worst rush defense in the NFL. Yes, we are on our second and third string running backs of the season. Uh, We're also, I believe, before the game, we're averaging 4.8 or maybe closer to 4.5 yards per carry. This is a team that is built to run the ball with the offensive line, with Bill Callahan as your offensive line coach. And we don't run the ball. We don't run the ball. And as bad as the announcing was on Sunday during that game, by the way, which I truthfully thought was some of the worst uh, pro football commentating Kevin, I'd heard. Kevin Googler and Mark Sanchez. And, yeah, Mark Sanchez. I don't know what he was somewhere else during that game. When the broadcasters are also saying, like, yeah, we're sure the Browns fans around the world right now are also wondering why you're not running the ball. 
Hey, hey, Kevin, I know you like to think you're the smartest man in the room sometimes, but it's not that hard. I've been seeing that because a lot lately, that sentiment he, of he he is so stuck in his own way of thinking he is smarter than everybody else. You think I'm gonna run, but I'm gonna pass the ball. No, it's the worst rush defense in the NFL for a reason. Okay. The Miami Dolphins had their third string running back in the game, and he was still breaking free scoring touchdowns in a 70-point win. And now he's their starting running back, but now he's hurt in Devon Achen. Okay. When we started to run the ball, Jerome Ford started having big plays. Kareem Hunt, who runs like a madman, yeah. and I would never want to get in front of him, had big plays. You had 16 total carries in that game between Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. 16 against the worst rush defense in the NFL. Yet when you started to run it, it looked good. And then whoever well, – this is why I can't stand these metrics sometimes. Whoever put the, the stat out there that the Browns' successful drives, 78% of them started with a pass. Well, what a successful me. We scored six points in the first half. And out of the six drives, three of them started with passes, three of them started with runs. And I think one of each what led you to score field goals. I, I can't fathom that. I, I am, yes, there. It, it, what does that stat even do? My biggest thing and my biggest takeaway came when DTR got hurt. And it's not because of who had to come and play quarterback. It's because of the stupid play call Kevin Stavansky called of a double reverse. But Mitch, who was the ball going to when it was fumbled? Uh. I believe it was Pierre Strong, correct? Mm, yeah. How many snaps did Pierre Strong play in that game before then? I assume none. Why the hell was he in the game? Why are you handing off to Pierre Strong, who doesn't have a single carry in the game, who has barely played since you signed Kareem Hunt? Okay? there You, can't, you cannot fool me on a spark. Okay? If you want a spark, you put the guy who's been returning punts back there, who actually returns punts now instead of fair catching him every time. Do the handoff to Elijah Moore instead of him handing it off. It it was the most – it was all I needed to see to know that I still can't get behind Kevin Stefanski as the play caller. You only threw it 29 times this week with DTR, but you still threw it 42 times in total. And, yes, you were eventually trailing, so you have to throw. The, the Browns weren't ready. The play calling was horrible. DTR looked good. If you want a positive, I thought he looked good for the most part. He looked like he grew up a little bit more before the hit, which I think I'm I'm just happy you felt that was a penalty too, because it was so obvious yeah. it was a penalty. I yeah. don't know what the broadcast that I don't know what they were watching if they were not watching the game at all, maybe that that could be a possibility. Um and unlike you, I am actually terrified of the Rams. Not because of what they did to Arizona. Sean Payton, New Orleans now here recently. Solid offensive mind. Sean McVay is an offensive mind. Sure. And Matt Stafford just had a great game. And Cooper Cup in his yeah. first game back since kind of being dinged up, had a great game. I'm not saying it's going to be know. easy, but I'm not saying this is an offensive juggernaut that everybody's saying, oh, you got to take on the Rams now on the road. I, I, I think this is going to be not in terms of personnel, but I think in terms of the staff and what McVay does, I think this is going to be the hardest offense the Browns are going to face so far this year in terms of what the Rams can scheme up against the Browns' defense. Mm -hmm. The Browns, okay. I don't think, have faced an offensive guru, offensive genius like Sean McVay yet this year. And when Stafford's slinging, because he still is at, at his age, and they have Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, who's come out of nowhere this year, 
Tutu Atwell's playing well. Higby, they're starting to run the ball again with Kyron Williams. And um, gosh, didn't even know he was on the team until he was running the ball the other day against the Cardinals. I, I just, I'm actually worried. And if Denzel Ward doesn't play, it makes me even more worrisome. Yeah, we and kept getting burned it, on the secondary for some reason. I mean, maybe it's because he was out, but yeah, there were just some throws where I'm like, how are we letting this guy get it so open? He only could, Russell Wilson only completed 13 passes for 120 or 134 yards. Yeah. It was it was nuts. But uh the last thing I'll say, and it falls on Stefanski again. Um, can we stop with the Harrison Bryant sneaks, please? Well, it's because he's a big guy and they figure, oh, he can bruise through defensive lines. I, I don't know. I mean, who like who are we gonna have? DTR, like at his size, BJ Walker Kareem do that? Kareem Hunt. You could do that. I can maybe see uh, that. I, I mean, that that dude is a bully ball. He took he, he took a, he took a uh, direct snap. What, what play was that? Um, oh gosh, what was was that the reversal? I don't think it was. No, it wasn't the reverse. It was no, something. He, he did take he another snap, a, but he took a direct snap and ran for a big <clears> like short gain. I don't even remember. But yeah, we're kind of a dinged up team right now. We could be the Panthers. That's I, that's where I'm at right now. First team of the year to uh, to fire the head coach Frank Reich. Gosh, that that's I don't I don't hey, even feel like it's on hey. Frank necessarily. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you before someone corrects you. Second coach of the year. It's just been oh, so long right. since Josh McDaniels so got fired. Thank we you. forgot. Yes, so sorry. Thank you. Um. Uh. Yeah. McDaniel's now it's Reich, and yeah. I I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be a few more head coaches. Obviously, they're gonna be gone by the year's end, but or by off season. But I, I don't even think this is necessarily fully on Reich because it's kind of felt like what happened in Indianapolis where it's just a failure of organization that just kind of let this whole mess come to be. And, and the Panthers that, that that's a, we were kind of saying it about the Browns a few years ago. Like who's going to want to take this job right now with no draft pick in the first round, not much talent an owner who's, uh, uh, having a panic attack not a real panic attack but panicking after he leaves the locker room that's that's a rough rough look you're you're a bad team in the worst division football you're the worst team that's not a good spot to be in and you being like like if there was ever a year for you to actually play to win instead of being like maybe arizona where you're playing but also playing to lose for a good draft pick it was this year and to your point they don't have that pick the chicago bears right (sighs) now are are just looking yeah their, their eyes are, are bright and wide and they're just like, I, we're going to have two top four picks, maybe two top five picks. Like it's yeah. the bad, the Panthers are bad. And I think Wright got fired because not at one point this year, did you ever think that they were turning anything around? Did, did, did they have a promising half to make you think, Oh, Bryce Young looks good. Like this Panthers team might, might build off this. Not one time this year. Let it also be known he was a very big advocate for Bryce Young. And you have to wonder if Tepper, the owner, is now furious at something like that. Wait, you, you're saying that Reich was uh, a big proponent of Bryce Young? Per, per reports around the draft, Frank okay. Reich was a Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud guy. Now, look, if you flip him, is C.J. Stroud having the year he's having in Houston? No, because look at, look at the team that's around him. But you still have that buyer's remorse, I think, a little bit in the back of your head right now, saying this guy literally is already locked up offensive rookie of the year. Uh, if you don't believe me, go look at the sports books. He's about minus 2,200 on the books. C.J. Stratton is to win rookie of the year. 
Um, that's pretty much locked up. If the Texans find themselves in a playoff spot, right. probably going to be in the MVP conversation. I think it's probably a little bit of both. There was never any reason for you to think the Panthers were going to figure something out. And I think, to your point, the owner having his his you know outbreak coming out of the locker room, probably a little upset that they let I, a coach yeah. have a lot of say. Well, I think I think Tepper was the one that wanted Bryce Young. The coaching staff, according <clears throat> to reports, was the one that wanted C.J. Stroud, and then he overruled them. No, see, I, I there was one that came out the other day that said Wright was the young guy. Okay. Uh, but, by the way, I'll, I'll the, Panthers, sure. the Panthers interim head coach now is Chris Tabor, the uh, special teams coordinator who was used to be here in Cleveland. Well, David Tepper did say that the decision, I think it was this past week, the decision was <laughs> – unanimous he disputed the reports that reich preferred stroud and temper tipped the scales leading the team to draft young uh he said as far as bryce young is concerned i think everybody in the building would share this sentiment we are totally confident in that pick but I, but I, I don't i we don't know for sure the point is they have young and he has not looked like it sucks that stroud for him that stroud has balling out this season even though he just lost his past week but yeah, he looks like small out there. He looks like he's running around. He looks like he's like kind of not getting a lot of help. And it sucks because it's kind of I mean, in the same way. It's wait, Pete Brown, some some Browns fans think of Baker Mayfield where he never had stability. He had th- four head coaches in five in three years and all that. But he's going to have a third head coach uh, by the time next fall rolls around. So that could be that could be some some questionable structure there in Carolina compared to a, a guy like D'Amico Ryans, who looks like he's got something brewing here in Houston and might be the guy for the long term. But I don't know, dude. I, I Again, we're going to have a lot of changes in the offseason. I think last night's game proved that we're going to have at least one coaching change because how the Vikings did not win a, a game against the Bears is beyond me. I know. And here's the thing. I know the Bears fans don't want to win right now because you want to get as high four to high top four picks as you can. I don't want the bears to have the number one pick because I'm pretty sure if they, whoever goes number one, here's the thing though. I, I we've been saying for months now, whoever goes number one is going to take Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be the guy at this point. There's this whole thing with the UCLA safety. That's been getting, he's say he's like one of the top players in his position in quite a while. Uh, you know, obviously Marvin Harrison's up there, but I don't know if he'll necessarily go number one. Um, I just want them to get in a spot where they don't, they can't take Williams. They try for somebody on defense and then go get Marvin Harrison. But then I'm afraid that Arizona is going to take Marvin and God forbid that man ends up on the, in that organization. I don't, and I know what you're saying. Well, the bears and organization is much better. They have the tools right now. They have little, these, these specific tools that if you put them together in this little machine, it could put something together really well. There's, there's not a lot in Arizona right now. There's nothing, not a lot. As much as I like, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Gannon. There's nothing, not at all. I just want to take quarterback because I want Fields to actually get a shot. Yes. <clears throat> in Chicago. I thought it was interesting. I, I can't remember who exactly it was, but a, a reporter from uh, Boston, because uh, Mitch, after the Panthers who are one in 10, uh, the team that holds the number two pick in draft right now would be the New England Patriots. Oh, my God. And he was very vocal on a show yesterday saying that he would not take Caleb Williams. 
because of the crying incidents he's had because of the plummet of his play as the season went on saying like that's not what we're used to well newsflash new england if you're going to try to base everything off what you were used to for 20 plus years you're never going to be anything ever because you tried to pretty much do what it seems with mac jones and now you've thrown him to the side bailey zappy i mean mitch this how did an organization like the Patriots, the best organization with the best quarterback, the best head coach. They look like they're in a really bad spot because when have you ever seen Bill Belichick not name a starting quarterback? Well, you only had about two, three years to see it happen. Yeah. And then pull the guy he starts for another guy who <clears> – <throat> may have had a really successful game last year against the team from Cleveland. We don't need to talk about that, though. The, the Patriots either are tanking the, the best way possible that I've ever seen, and they're all geniuses there, which that's very possible because it's the Patriots, or mm-hmm. they're going to be in a world of hurt, and I won't feel sorry for any Patriots or Boston fan whatsoever. The game, the game against Germany pretty much confirmed that they are going to punt the rest of the season and you know Williams to that to New England would be good right now uh you also have Drake May up there who's probably going to be a uh, top five pick whether it be to to the Giants there are also some people saying that the Falcons could trade up to the Bears fourth pick and maybe try and go get uh a Drake May but I, I don't know if that's gonna necessarily be the case you also have Bo Nix in there Jaden Daniels I was gonna say to, Bo, top. To, to me Bo Nix uh, I would have to take over Drake May with how he's played yeah. this year. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder, a simple text, call, or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> Or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care, where you matter. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. 
Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partnered with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Ride into the future to win great prizes. Can you see into the Sarda crystal ball? Guess how we'll be innovating and adding new services to make your Sarda experience better than ever. Try your luck with the What's Next at Sarda contest at sardanext.com. One grand prize winner will win free bus rides for six months. Runners-up will win great Sarda merchandise like a Bluetooth speaker water bottle, backpack, and tumbler. And don't worry, they're all multiple choice questions. All part of Sarda 2-5. Happy Sardiversary! It might be your Heisman winner Michael. too after what's been uh, going on the last couple of last couple of days. It really is a wide open with the Heisman right now. I don't, I don't mean to de- derail us, but it's like, I don't really know who to take. Is it like, is it Knicks? Is it Penix? Is it Daniels? I don't want to... Do we have to give it to the Heisman to a guy who lost three games this year? I know it's not his fault, but like I don't want the Heisman winner playing in the Capital One Bowl. I, I, and I agree with you. The only reason I think Daniels has a very good shot, and I had no idea. I'm not an LSU football fan. But they pulled up his season stats. With I'm Joe sure Burrow's they're really good. Stats. They're better, which is mind-boggling to think that they could be better because yeah. that LSU team, I mean, that may be one of the best teams in our lifetime. Really good numbers. I, I I still say if that Ohio State team beats Clemson, I don't know if Ohio State's even able to stop that LSU team. But yeah, his numbers, maybe not every single statistical category, but a major part of them were better than Joe Burrow's the year LSU won it all. And they're better than, than Nick's. He's got almost a thousand more passing yards. Uh, actually, excuse me, Nick's has more passing yards by a hundred of them. Uh, but total yards, he has the advantage because Jaden Daniels has rushed for 1,100 yards. Bo Nix for only for 150-some. Uh, passing touchdowns, Daniels leads 40-37. to 37. Rushing touchdowns, 10-6. to 6. Uh, Interceptions, I, I believe Daniels has four. I don't know how many Knicks has thrown. Two two of them. Or no, that's that's not the right one. I don't know how many he has overall. But it, it's, yeah, it's probably going to be down to these two. And that well, Knicks is going to have the advantage because he has a game to play here this week. It could also hurt Knicks. If they lose, not, yeah. It's not, like, or if he if falls he, if out he plays, and they lose, that's still there. If, if he plays bad, and then Penix could jump up and, and I, take that lead. But I'm going to be honest. They, I, think, they, I think Oregon's going to take it this week. I really do. I do, too. I, I think Oregon right now is playing the best football out of anybody in the country. And they barely beat Washington State. I mean, you know, they just didn't look as impressive. You know, Penix, I mean, <clears> gosh, I mean, that's another question for the playoff here coming up is that if obviously the Pac-12 winner is in, but where do you put the Pac-12 loser? Where do you put um, uh, Florida State potentially? And where do you put uh, Texas if they win the Big 12 championship against uh, Oklahoma State? Which isn't the greatest quality of win because Oklahoma we has been defrauded. But, um, you know, could do something there if a couple teams lose. And then God forbid this. It was fourth down and 31. It was fourth down. I hated every aspect of the end of that game. The play, the two plays after that, where it was a near fumble in the end zone, and then the that hook, the the thing that went for a what was it, a pick six or a fumble? I hated, I hated, it. I hated every bit of it. Hated every bit of it because now we now we get to have to worry about this Alabama team slipping into the playoff again. I hate it. I hate it so much. 
I couldn't believe what I watched. I watched that game live. <sighs> and I thought it was over. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. This is the first domino to fall. Ohio State has a pulse right now. Well, I think it helps Ohio State. Act. Well, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, it would knock them out. And then you just worry about George is going to be in. That's one less team you have to worry about is Ohio State. How do you call a timeout to set your defense up on fourth and third? No, 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 no. I, still... I think they, I think they wanted to make sure that they had everybody set because it was, they were going from the one play to the next, so they didn't want anybody to get burned from behind. So you're just like, okay, send everybody back. It's just that one guy made a throw, and then you could say whether he pushed off or not. I the guy made the catch. I I don't know how to explain it. Auburn. Yeah. Auburn plus six and a half betters are sick, by the way, because there's, the last play that you're talking about. There's no way Nick Saban went into that locker room and said that was a harder in victory. Even he had to be looking yeah. at him and be like, oh, no. like, we got away with that one. You know, he's starting to, I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He's greatest college coach of all time, but he's starting to, some of the things he said this year, I'm almost like, uh-oh, is he getting to the point where everything's going to upset him and he might be done coaching well, he's gonna go full later? So, yeah, like, Bayheim. Like, I think he's been there for a while. I mean, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's as detrimental to Alabama football as it was Syracuse basketball. But yeah, well, it's, and Syracuse been there for a bit. Wasn't Syracuse basketball wasn't at that high standard still? No, Bayheim. but they were at least they a competitive down, team for a long time, and then they went over to the ACC, and you know, just wasn't the same way. But I, I don't know. I think. No, I'll say it. I, I will be stunned if Alabama beats Georgia. I don't think we have to. Worry I, I will too. It's just, it's one of those things where, the, I, like, I felt like this year, because I thought Ohio State could compete with this Georgia team, then why couldn't this Alabama match up? But, but again, what, what is, what are the odds for Alabama, uh, Alabama opening up in this game? Georgia is what? Minus four and a half. Really? This is what we're doing. And when you think about it, it's a home game for Georgia. Yeah. It is. So what the hell does this Alabama team have at this point in the season that is getting the bookmakers conservative? Uh, God. The other thing, though, too, Mitch. That's going to put Michigan at number one. Michigan's probably going to be number one this week. Let's be honest here. Yeah, they probably will be number one this week. Even if Baylor beats Georgia, it does not guarantee they're getting in. Because uh, if Alabama? Texas wins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, oh. if Texas wins. You cannot, you cannot leave Texas out and put Alabama in because what you're saying then is that head to head doesn't matter because Texas already beat Bama this year at Alabama. Okay. You have two one loss conference champion winners. Okay, cool. Bama beat Georgia. I get it. But doesn't that increase Texas's win over Alabama if Bama beat Georgia? But can you leave, can you leave Alabama out of the playoff for beating a team that would get hurt by it. So you're basically putting in Georgia, Pac-12 winner, Michigan, and Texas. But what about Florida State? That's the other thing. Look, Michigan's in. If Florida State wins, they're in. Okay, I'm not saying they're the two seed. I'm just, that's the second team comes to mind. Georgia wins, they're in. No question about it. Okay. But for the sake of this, Georgia loses to Alabama. Bama and Texas win, and Oregon wins. Which three of those schools are you taking? I think you take Oregon. Right. So now you're down to Bama and Texas. Okay. Who beat who? Texas beat Bama. Here's your answer. And if they go the other way, this is going to open up the first 
I, I truly believe the first can of worms ever for multiple schools, for multiple presidents, 80s, whatever it may be, to go after the college football playoff committee. And I think the committee, Mitch, I think deep down, they're in that room. They're getting that room set up already. And they're thinking to themselves, please, Georgia, just win. Please just win. Like, we don't want to have to go down this road. Like, we need Georgia to win. We, we don't want Florida State in, but, like, Florida State wins. It helps us because if Florida State does lose and those other two teams win, you're still picking between Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. Mm. This is going to be a headache for us to have to watch if, while we're at in if that, Canton this week. If that's the if that's the case, I want your answer. Follow me here. Michigan's in, right? Oregon's going to win the Pac-12. They're in, okay? Texas wins. Bama beats Georgia, and then Georgia's there with one loss. Is it Texas and Bama to make it as the final two? Oh, okay. Um, it could be. I mean, Georgia's been the near consensus number one all season, so it'd be mm, that could be interesting. I, I could see them maybe as the five if they lose. Um. I don't know. Also depends on the quality of loss, as we've seen from examples like Ohio State and Wisconsin a few years ago. Um, I don't know. I, we're we're going to have all this answered, by the way, for the most part, until the games are played tonight with the college football playoff uh, ranking true. show. Yeah, yeah. Where Ohio State falls is going to tell you what has to happen for Ohio State to have a chance, and where they value these other teams. Because Again, yeah, I don't think Ohio State has a chance. I'm pro- I'm saying that right now, but. Ohio State's resume this year is actually better than last year's. They beat the same two teams they beat last year that were ranked inside the top 10, and they lost to the same exact team they lost to. Only this year they lost to them on the road in a closer game. When you think about it, they got blown out at home by Michigan. This year they lost to Michigan on the road in a one-possession game. Same right. exact resume, only right. better. It's, yeah, it's it's a better it's a better ending. It's just that there's two there's not there, I, there weren't as many teams top loading last year. It was Utah no. losing is Utah beating UCSC, and then um, oh gosh, was it Oklahoma losing in the thing? I don't remember uh, how that fell down. Uh, oh oh gosh gosh, this is gonna bo- bug me. Yeah, no no no, because TCU would have won the Big Twelve last year. Oh oh, it was TCU losing. The no, TC won. They did? Yeah. I thought they lost the Big 12 championship. So I don't know why I thought that. Uh, but they beat somebody. Da, 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 da. What, what? Why is Why is this thing even like, okay. Um, Ohio State. Uh, so, this thing's not, not even. Oh, I got the wrong year. Anyway, so, um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Michigan's going to be number one, by the way, for the first time since 1997. You know the last time they beat Ohio State three times in a row? What happened that year? What was it, 95-97? You know what happened when they oh, finally oh, beat them? Oh, yeah, time? they won that, that – yeah, they won that uh, that, na- that nat- consensus national championship. Yeah, that school that hasn't won an outright title since 1941 or something stupid like that. Massive? What? I mean, I don't know. Um, what was it here? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I, I'm gonna have to look up the thing off the air because we're taking too much time out of these people's days. In that case, thank you so much for listening or watching the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Uh, yeah, I said everything at the top. Mitch, what's the fact of the day? Pulling it up right now because I had it saved because it has to deal with the high school football playoffs this week mm. in Canton, Ohio. Okay, there are four teams looking for their first state title in the playoff era this week in Canton, Ohio. Springfield, mm. who's going against. St. Ed's who they lost to last year, Masson, right, Dalton, and Perry. St. Ed's and Kirtland are both looking for their seventh 
state title as a school. Versailles is looking for their eighth state title, but there is a school looking for their 14th state championship since the year 2000. Is it Kirtland? It's not Kirtland. Marion Local. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, that's... D7. Yeah. They won, lot, four teams, they won four yeah. in a row from like 2013 to 17, I remember. And then they've just been dominating that lower tier uh, for a while. 14 in 23 years. That would. So that, um, so on average, I mean, 14 in, in 23 years, that means you'll probably go. You won't go like two cl- full uh, school years without winning a state championship if you're on the football team. No, every person that comes in the program as a freshman until their senior will have walked away with the ring. Not bad. Not bad for that school overall. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening or watching the Big Time Sports Podcast Show.